11 minutes it is after 8 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. Now, every Wednesday we bring to you our tech conversations. And uh, this Wednesday, I guess in uh, light of the context where uh, debates continue, and uh, I, I think they'll continue into the foreseeable future, about uh, the uh, reconfiguration of the market structure of the taxi industry and uh, what it means uh, to operate in uh, the context of a pandemic. And I think, you know, if, if we accept that this pandemic is one of many other uh, manifestations of our planetary crisis that we might be faced with, uh, which might mean the economy doesn't function at full capacity. Uh, what can we learn now about how uh, the taxi industry is regulated uh, that can help us to wither uh, any other challenges that we might find or any other pandemics? I mean, we heard of uh, the swine uh, uh, flu coming out of China, which has uh, been picked up there. So that might be the next phase. Uh, God forbid, of course. Uh, Yamgela Spengane joins me now on the line. He's a technology researcher and certainly somebody who knows quite a bit about the taxi industry. And we're going to touch on, of course, the market structure of the industry itself. Uh, and then thereafter, of course, uh, um, take a look at some of the other technology-driven solutions, telematics, integrated fleet management, e-hailing, and uh, even smart payment and metering systems uh, that could be used there in an attempt, I guess, to modernize the operations of uh, the uh, sector. And Yamkela joins me now on the line. Dolo, Manbulis and Klegaz, how are you? Good evening and good evening to the listeners at home. How are you well, sir? I'm well, my brother, man. Can't complain. Of course, uh, uh, we find ourselves in the throes of uh, COVID-19. So uh, um, everything else considered. Uh, Yamkela, I want us maybe to start off here. I think a lot of people approach the debate uh, that was, um, you know, brought up by Santaco uh, in a, in a way that said, you know, the taxi industry, they have very bad customer service. And many people, I guess, took it from that uh, anecdotal vantage point uh, without maybe really considering, I guess, some of the other economic relationships in the sector. And I want us to touch on the financing of the fleet in this industry and, and the kind of political economy that creates. Okay, uh... So, Aya, it, it's important to understand that uh, the financing emanates from uh, a program that was started in the late 90s uh, that was put together, that was known as the, the Taxi Recapitalization Program. And now yes. this was the aim. Because this industry came into democracy, having been an illegal industry for the longest time uh, during the apartheid era and only legalized in inverted commas, during the sunset years of, of, of apartheid, 1987 mm. to be specific, it had no regulation to speak of. And many of the, anyone could just take a car no matter how it looked. So this recapitalization program said that you could take your old taxi and then you would get some form of money from the government that you would use to deposit a new taxi. Now, how this was structured then uh, is that you got a portion of the money uh, into the finance of a new taxi. But what they didn't say is that the rest of it is on your own burden, regardless of whether you mm. can afford it or not. And this is how we've seen that the average taxi is, is north of 450000 and uh, all the repayments over 72 months are our, our average is like 23.6%. So we're looking at a repayment uh, life cycle of about $1.08 million that uh, a taxi owner will have to repay, breaking it down to around 15,000 rand a month uh, as of the 2018-19 financial year. So we have this burdensome 
financing uh, system that works against the productivity of the industry because now people have to work long hours to meet these targets and still be able to feed their families. Some of them can't even meet the targets and uh, they fall down and the taxes get repossessed. It's a very so that's why you even find that the second hand taxi market is so big because some of mm. the people are burdened to can be able to keep up with the high financial burden that is the financialization of the taxi industry. Yeah. So, so Yamkel, I mean, that also has, one would think, an implication on for the taxi owner in terms of what you cash in, which almost going to for cash in every day, uh, in terms of their own expectations of what drivers cash in, and maybe also for many, I guess, of the drivers and passengers who are listening to our conversation, also then, you know, the knock-on effect is, is, is then on the drivers and, and their attempts to try and hit targets and be able to cash in whatever the taxi owners are expecting which, of course, then gets passed on to many of the financiers as well. Absolutely. So uh, this this knock-on effect will actually create a hostile working environment. And I think I always say that it was a missed opportunity on the part of our state uh, to not be able to in that final, like financialization or recapitalization project, bring in Toyota Japan and say, hey, we are, we are one of the biggest consumer of your minivan bus platform or whatever uh, they, they do. We are the biggest consumer. Africa is the biggest consumer of such vehicles. If you go to Europe and so forth, uh, they have automakers and uh, they, they, they consume similar uh, uh, vehicles for another sort of market segment. So we could have gone to Nissan, we could have gone to Toyota and said, how do we bring you in? Uh, as you have a plant here in Toyota, how do we bring you in into this uh, where we can partner with U.S. government to ensure that we smoothen out the, 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 the niggles in the industry but do not create such a high financial barrier for the people who are operating in the industry because they are entrepreneurs. And at the end of the day, they are black people. So it was an opportunity to make BE happen in that sphere of uh, changing our transportation system to be integrated to the broader transportation network of the country using an OEM that is already part of the automotive ecosystem of the country and the government's plan to recapitalize the industry. And uh, hence, whilst they did not do that, they opened the loophole for uh, a, a transaction capital to come in and say, okay, mm. we'll, have, we'll take the entire vertical and we'll make a killing out of it. And then and, and that's what has happened. And I mean, just just in making a killing from that vertical, I mean, th- that asymmetrical or unequal power relationship between the industry itself and uh, owners and its own and, and even organized bodies in the industry and the big financiers, and you mentioned one of them, uh, you know, Transaction Capital, Banin Zabani, and even Transaction Capital has its own subsidiaries uh, in that company, which uh, fulfill some of the verticals that you're talking about. That also has a ripple effect on many other people who are workers in this industry. I mean, it might be a Q Marshall, it might be a hawker who's selling uh, uh, in that area. It might even be somebody who, uh, you know, is working within some of the associations. So there's an entire value chain of uh, uh, jobs, occupations, and economic activities that are all reliant uh, and, I guess, influenced by this sort of unequal relationship between owners and financiers. Absolutely. So uh, I, I think a lot of people just view taxis as taxi owners uh, and, and taxi drivers, whereas there's an entire ecosystem of businesses that even depend and plug in on the taxi industry. Uh, 
you can look at uh, things like mechanics, uh, people who go there and are, are servicemen to these taxis. They are not your big mechanic guys. It's someone in the township somewhere or in an industrial area who's very good at what they do. And uh, mm. the association relies on them to assist these taxis that are actually fleet uh, vehicles that need constant maintenance on different parts because uh, an average taxi will do about 8,000 kilometers on a monthly basis. Uh, an average warranty on a car is about 100,000 kilometers uh, or five years. A taxi will cover that within a calendar year. Uh, they will mm. knock that off within a calendar year. So you start looking at how does the value chain influence so many other industries. And if the pressure is so much uh, on this taxi industry, then these related industries that have an opportunity of growth are suffering as a result because mm. of the pressures that are not allowing the industry to flourish and move beyond people living hand to mouth and having to uh, finance these uh, burdens that they yeah, put themselves yeah. in. Let's pause there for a second, uh, you know, Langamanda, and and maybe come back to some of the tech issues. And we'll return to, to the policy and political economy questions. Uh, let's talk about tech for a bit. I mean, many people would say that the operating model of the industry is uh, certainly a very old 20th century model, uh, which uh, certainly hasn't organically grown uh, beyond uh, beyond its early origins. And uh, what's your view on that? So it, it hasn't grown primarily because there is no regulation. The importance of regulation, uh, had we sat down as a democratic government incoming and, and created mm, a regulatory mm. framework around the taxi mm. and viewed it as an industry, not as hooligans who want to do whatever they want. And so if, if then we are able to imp- or integrate this industry into our, our broader innovation strategy as a country. And we're able to then start introducing technological advancements as they come. We're able to say we are going to protect our industry against incoming technologies mm. as well that are going to be coming uh, and develop our own technologies that take care of the industry as it affects our own people. Because it wouldn't be an, a happy day if an Uber or, or another foreign company comes in and takes over an industry putting mm. in excess of 600, sure, 700,000 sure. people that rely on the taxi industry on a daily basis out of jobs you know, and, and yeah. taking the money out of the country uh, into the New York Stock Exchange. I don't, I don't see how that would be making yeah. sense uh, to a Yamkela. country that has uh, a responsibility to serving its citizens. So Yamkela. if we... Yamkela. Yamkela, let's let's pause for a second. Uh, I want to take a quick spot break, and when we come back, we'll continue. And I also want us to touch on telematics and some of the other innovations. 22 minutes, it is after 8 p.m. It's our Tech Conversations, and I'm joined by technology researcher Yamkela Spengane. Tlangamandla, uh, uh, please continue with the point you were making, and uh, I want us maybe to return to some of the other new-age technologies uh, that potentially could, I guess, be game-changers in, in the minibus taxi industry. So I, as I, I want to touch on how we, we, we are going to use telematics uh, going sure. forward. So telematics basically are systems uh, or computerized systems that are able to read in vehicle uh, information and vehicle performance in real time, uh, how fast a vehicle is moving, where it is mm. uh, in terms of geolocation, how parts are wearing off. So as technology is developing within the automotive industry, telematics are an important component that are the, that then feed into telling uh, the owners of vehicles in real time uh, what is happening, when a part needs to be replaced, when a part needs mm. to go for a service. Uh, 
things like speed locking. A, a taxi cannot move beyond 120 kilometers per hour because there's an integrated speed uh, lock that is, is, is put into the telematics of the taxi. Uh, and these things then create a framework where we can say, how do we use telematics to elongate the lifespan of a taxi? This is a fleet vehicle that is covering hundreds of thousands of kilometers in its lifetime. How do we make sure that at the end of its lifetime, it's in such a state that it can even look at refurbishment? How do, do we go to Toyota and say, look, after every 500,000 kilometers this thing has done, maybe we can replace the engine and certain mechanical parts, but the body just needs refurbishment. Uh, mm, and it speaks mm. to then having a long-lasting uh, knock-on effect. It speaks to how we can use this to create safer road mappings and traffic management systems. Because if we have an integrated framework that knows where each and every vehicle is at a specific time, we are able to then direct traffic routing, uh, create smart traffic lights that are able to speak to traffic as it flows and guide traffic in real time. These are the things we are speaking about when we are saying we are going to create uh, a smart city that has an integrated transportation framework. Uh, that means cars are able to speak to each other and to speak to the generalized transportation system. And it's how we can use technology to efficiently commute people around. Because in, mm -hmm. in the average city, people spend four hours a day uh, commuting to and from work. You, you leave Soweto at six o'clock, you, you, you need to be at work at eight or half past eight. Now, in that two hours, you are not productive. And the same in the evening when you are going home, you are not productive because there's no system uh, that has been put in place to ensure the efficiency of commuting uh, that can help you cover that distance in its actual time because you can move from Soweto to Johannesburg in 30 minutes or 25 minutes and that additional time frame is making you unproductive and it's costing the economy a lot of money uh, to keep you in the road when you are unproductive uh, and, and keeping all the systems in the road. And, and these are some of the important things that we realize that we can implement technology to improve the greater efficiency of the, technology, of the uh, taxi industry and the economy just by helping the taxi industry with the technology that is available. Mm -hmm. and, and I mean, when we think about this, what... And you've touched on, I guess, the cost savings potentially for the owner of the industry. But I think there's all manner of other considerations, Yamgela, which is, you know, upstream linkages. Who is manufacturing the components? If they're being imported, why do they need to be imported when we have, I guess, such a strong sort of auto component industrial base here in South Africa? And all of the issues that you're raising, I guess, also speak to other linkages with other subsectors of the economy that could potentially be stimulated if we were to think about the industry more differently? Absolutely. So uh, the, the entire value chain of, of the systems, of the people who are going to be managing the development of the software, the embedded software that goes into these systems, we are talking, directing, or, and really living out the 4IR mission that we keep singing in policy. It's about then bringing the talent that we have in the country to changing an industry that has so many other linkages to the entire economic value chain. Because when you have efficiency, now you have people spending more time at home doing a thing, better things. You have happier employees. You have people who get to work on time. You, you've solved so many economic problems just by looking at one industry mm. and being able to turn it around. And you've also created employment where it did not exist before. Because if you are not doing that, 
these vehicles are going to be designed in Japan, they're going to be designed in Germany, and you are going to import them, but at a cost to you, because the very same skills that you could have employed in developing these will now no longer have jobs, and these things will be managed from uh, Tokyo and Munich and, and, mm. and Los Angeles, instead of here in Johannesburg and next to Fimbab and wherever else we can put talent to work to be able to create these systems that we need. And there are many of them. I also touch on on, on integrated uh, payment systems, not just to say that people must use cards, but uh, I, I touch on the fact that if you are from Soweto, you you, you work in Santon or Midran, you have a via card, you need to have cash for a taxi, you need to have a how train card to get home. Why can't you have one card or one app that works in an integrated smart city platform where you can pay for anything, public transport, and you can budget for it at the end of the month and know that my transport costs are likely to be a thousand rand. I'm putting it aside. I will you 20 rand saying, hey, why do you bring 100 rand? I didn't get the chance because I came back late. Now you have a framework where the entire public transportation system has accountability and we know exactly how you go through the system. We can monitor sure. your movement and that data helps us to create more efficiency mm. because now we can train algorithms that can have machine learning to say, okay, mm. instead of having trans- public transport uh, congested in this place, we can now start moving into better routes when we do infrastructure planning because more and more people are using public transportation in these different time frames and we can avail it to mm. them. We can start saying, instead of you waiting in the taxi, because people, you, if you are the first one in the taxi, you can wait an hour for the taxi to be full. You can have a system that already has a just-in-time transportation. Say, at 11 o'clock, there will be 15 people. You must be there, and then you'll be able to get a taxi that is quickest on its way to the destination mm. where you are going. Mm. And if we are I thinking then, then we are looking at creating so many yeah. other values out of the industry that will be improving that link the tech sector, mm-hmm. the automotive sector, sure. and all other parts of the economy that are integrated into it. Langamal, we'll have to leave it there, my brothers. Some of the issues you're raising that are critical to our thinking on smart cities and uh, I guess what the government is aspiring to. But uh, it just makes me feel very despondent that we've been talking, for instance, about this integrated card that you mentioned uh, for the last 10 years or so, and it seems we're not getting any movement on that. Yamgelo, Masishi Apum Thank you, Aya. Good evening to you.